Yeah, franchise tagging Lamar Jackson is an option for the Baltimore Ravens, but let's be honest, it's a bad one. We got that and much more coming up on today's episode of Locked on NFL. You are Locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, football fans, and welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories around the National Football League. We appreciate you as always. Make a Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available across all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. We are your Tuesday hosts, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. And today's episode brought to you by our friends over at Fan. Dual Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Luke and I are here on today's episode to take you through all of the different franchise tag options out there. So we'll get to some of the non-quarterbacks later. We'll have a discussion around uh, Daniel Jones and the impact of the New York Giants not picking up his fifth-year option, how they got to this space, what they should do next. But first, Luke, the biggest name out there that we're all awaiting to hear news on when it comes to the franchise tag is Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. And a lot of the conversation around is that there could be a potential tag and trade here. So let's start there. It feels like a tag and trade with Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens would just be an absolutely horrific situation for that franchise to end up in. Trades have uh, have happened in the past where it's like a true non-exclusive franchise tag and then you just trade that contract. But for mm-hmm. Your calculation purposes, the non exclusive or the uh, exclusive franchise tag would be $45 million to be a one year, $45 million deal. The non exclusive tag is what I think is more likely here, mm-hmm. which would be only $32.4 million. But Lamar Jackson can negotiate with other teams. And the catch is that if you want to sign Lamar Jackson, you got to beat that deal, that $32.4 million. Uh, and the Ravens can match it. And if that doesn't happen, you have to give the Ravens two first round picks, which somebody might do. Like yeah. that doesn't 32.4 million, two first round picks for Lamar Jackson, like feels doable. And then if the Ravens do end up losing out on this guy, okay, well then they've kind of got their ammo for their rebuild. I see that being the case, but really what the franchise tag is doing here is just looming over that negotiation mm-hmm. as a sort of nuke button. The Ravens can hit and say, Hey, we want this extension. We want to, you know, lock you up here. Uh, but if we can't get something done, we can just sm- smack this franchise tag on you and we'll do it again next year, even though it's going to cost us a ton of money. Uh, and we'll keep you in the building for two years. And that's kind of where the clock is is at. Um, so I don't know if there needs to be a sense of urgency here with Baltimore, which doesn't really help Lamar Jackson that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least it gives Lamar Jackson kind of a floor where there's no way Lamar Jackson says yes to a $40 million deal, right? Because, right. well, you're, why don't you just pay me the 45 then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense there. And the the only kind of ticking clock on all this is that, of course, the, the franchise tag 
open window period is two weeks, right? So it opens up today with the 21st. They have until March 7th uh, to get those tags down. And so that gives them uh, a whole bunch of time to be able to get you know, that, that tag in and be able to figure all of it out. It does feel like though, if they were to tag him with the exclusive franchise, exclusive franchise trade franchise tag, excuse me, and trade him or figure something out there to where they could trade him for something that's more than two first round picks. Is that a situation where they would be able to do that and potentially bring in more that they could get with the exclusive franchise tag? Or is that not worth it because of the expense that they would then have to carry on the books if they can't trade him? I don't think so because if they can't trade him and they just end up rolling with Lamar Jackson, like that's not that not bad. A bad outcome. situation. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, f- I feel like with the Ravens, you're either extending Lamar Jackson or you're nuking this whole thing because they mm-hmm. are built so specifically for Lamar Jackson. They right. run more inverted veer than anybody else in the world. Like <laughs> they, anyone they, ever this has. Is a college team. Yeah, yeah. Since college. <laughs> this is a college team, and and it, like complimentary college right. team, complimentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's tailored to Lamar Jackson's skill set and you can't just plop in you know whoever you can't just throw Hendon Hooker into that and say all right mm-hmm. we're going to do this you right. know um you can't just draft a quarterback and plop him in you have to really rebuild the way that you operate that offense and that's going to mean personnel changes um that's going to mean you know putting a little bit more into your outside receivers, hoping they get more out of Rashad Bateman. But I think you need more than that mm-hmm. um, in terms of downfield guys like they're n- built to be a Lamar Jackson team. And I think that works. Yeah. Uh, but not if you don't have Lamar Jackson. So get a lot of capital, but you're hitting the nuke button if you lose him. And at that point, the kind of short term cap stuff it becomes less relevant to me. Because yeah. if you do trade away Lamar Jackson, you're, you're kind of punting a year or two. Yeah. And then they they also bring in over the course of this offseason, the Baltimore Ravens, they had Todd Munkin coming in from Georgia as their new offensive coordinator. I mean, you get this team a good wide receiver. <laughs> like you just mentioned, like yeah. you want to you want to get better out of Rashad Bateman, but you probably want a little bit more than that. You get like one more good wide receiver there. You need to stay to, healthy. You know, that helps. Yeah. But you need another guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need another weapon there. But I it's not like. It's not like they can't get one. You've got the entire draft to do that. You've got the NFL offseason in terms of free agency to do that. There will be options aplenty to be able to do that. Yeah. But I feel like one of the things that helps to attract that receiver to your system is maybe having a Lamar Jackson, having a Todd Munkin, which kind of signals an offense that's ready to pass the ball a bit more and come out of this, you know, being this very, very run heavy team. Probably still going to run a lot of inverted veer if, if Lamar Jackson's there, of course. But see them air it out a little bit more, and that could certainly be there. If the Baltimore Ravens do decide to trade Lamar Jackson, however, and that could be because of interest, that could be because you know talks break down, that could be because of negotiations, whatever, there's a couple of teams out there that make sense. There's the Atlanta Falcons that obviously would very much be in on that conversation. The New York Jets are rumored to, for Lamar Jackson to be their second option. They're kind of, they visited with Derek Carr. They're waiting to see with uh, Aaron Rodgers. If there was another team that you could see uh, Lamar Jackson on, where would you like to see him go? And I'm going to say something controversial to answer this question while you think about it, because I would love to see him on the Atlanta Falcons slash hate to see him on the Atlanta Falcons because. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You, you know said, what I was mean? like? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's a perfect setup for him. Makes a ton of sense. I think they have to, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator there that I'm very familiar with. And Ryan Nielsen was a New Orleans Saints former co-defensive coordinator has been with New Orleans Saints for a long time. That defense, if they can get that short up, they can add a Lamar Jackson. They need to continue to build, add more weapons, but they've got Drake London there. They got a run game with Cordero Patterson. They can continue to invest in that as well. 
who, you know, Cordero Patterson and you and I have a lot of respect for. And then, of course, uh, you know, they have Kyle Pitts. If they can just keep Kyle Pitts healthy, you get a healthy mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. You have all those pieces healthy. You continue to shore up the offensive line. You, uh, you know, continue to shore up the defense and you add maybe one more receiving option. And I, I love hate it. I love hate it. I hate love it. And, and you probably give Desmond Ritter back as part of that trade. For sure. Uh, which I don't hate for Baltimore. I, no. He's got a shot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a I lot think of people kind of viewed him this, as the like, most NFL ready quarterback last last season coming into the draft. Desmond Ritter. Sure. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I, I think as you describe these teams, it's like I need somebody who's sort of in the middle of a reset and can build whatever they want. Because mm-hmm. if you look at a team yep. that's like yeah. just a QB away or whatever, um, you know, Lamar Jackson's. At his, I mean, he, you can have him be like a drop back regular quarterback. It's not like he can't do that, but it feels like a waste. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It feels like there's more talent than, and, and you want to be like an option team. So I'm thinking of option yeah. teams, um, or I'm thinking of teams with just kind of nothing that, mm-hmm. that can, you know, that have a ton of assets and are free to build around somebody like Lamar Jackson. So my mind went to Chicago. Oh, who, interesting. Then maybe they move on from Fields or maybe they give Fields back and say, we'll just take Lamar Jackson. We'll build around him because we can we've got all the money and draft picks in the world. We can build whatever we want. Right. We got the number one overall pick. We'll trade mm-hmm. down, you know, pick up a couple of uh, after catch dudes. They like Velas Jones in that kind of role, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then my mind also went to the Texans, who also are sort of set up to build whatever they want. Yeah. Um, you, you, know, again, you have capital. a yeah, you you maybe want to front load the contract you signed Lamar Jackson yeah. to, um, mm-hmm. and sort of because you know you're you're not going to have the full build right away, so don't use the cheap years of the contract in the one where you're like still kind of an incomplete thought. Good point. Um, but you can do that, and players love that, right? Hey, more money up front. You okay with that? <laughs> yeah, all good, all good here. So th- that's yeah, that's that's where my my brain went. I love that. But love hey, that. we we've got other quarterbacks to to talk about uh and other franchise tag candidates to talk about so we will get into what that means for their teams and uh where we think those guys might uh and stay or go Mm -hmm. but first let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet it is built bar built bar they must be stopped i i just got word (laughs) that they got a new flavor that's those animal cookies, those like pink and white animal cracker cookies. Oh man, the frosted animal crackers. Oh, they I'm got sold. that as a flavor now. And I'm this done. is a protein. I'm bar. going. This is 130 calories. This is four grams of sugar, <laughs> 17 grams of protein. This science has gone too far. This is I can't, I can't deal with this. It's preposterous. It's anarchy. That's incredible. <laughs> what a great flavor. I can't wait to try that. There is they they are after a very specific demographic, and that demographic <laughs> is me. Uh, yes, and yeah. All the millennials don't are need to wait. shook right now, <laughs> yeah, shaking to their core. Uh, and you can get built at uh, Walmart or Sam's Club now. You can just head on down. You don't have to wait for delivery, but you still can go to built.com, get it delivered right to your door if that is what you prefer. So get some built, and thank me later. 
All right, y'all, continuing on with this episode of Locked on NFL. Appreciate you, as always, making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day every day. This this next decision when it comes to a quarterback and a franchise tag is a a little bit less clear-cut, in my opinion, at least. Uh, Curious to see how you feel about this one. When it comes to uh, Lamar Jackson, it's kind of easy, right? You you want him to stay in Baltimore. It's great for Baltimore, all that. There's some other trade options that maybe could fall back and give them some good pieces. But the other is Daniel Jones, who had a pretty good year with the New York Giants and Brian Dable last year. The team was a uh, uh, a wild card playoff team and what was the best division in in its conference. And this is a team that didn't pick up um, Daniel Jones's uh, fifth year option this year or last year. And that's the reason why he's already a potential franchise tag candidate. There's some rumors out there, Luke, that he's asking for $45 million per year. And I think a lot of people are reacting to that but I don't know if that's true, A, right? And then the other piece is, in two years, is $45 million per year that much money? Well, like, probably yeah, that's not. the thing, right? Is we've got multiple quarterbacks raking in 50 mil this year. Right. Um, in, in both take-home cash and cap hit. Yeah. Uh, so it's you, we have to, like, recalibrate what a normal amount of money is for a quarterback. Because, like, right. 10 years ago, you know, if you, if you said a quarterback was going to make 30 mil, People would laugh you out of the building. Right. Uh, But like, I remember Aaron Rodgers signed one that was going to be like 31 mil a year. And people were like, oh, my God, how are the Packers going to survive? Yeah, that would rank like 18th now. Um, (laughs) 31 mil is below. That's below uh, 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 Kirk Kirk Cousins. That's That's what Kirk Cousins made. Yeah. In 2022. And he makes 36 this year. And it ranks like ninth. (laughs) <laughs> that's insane <laughs> and we're all out of here like no not 45 pulling hair yeah out. right well not me but other um, people are well so here's what's interesting about this so there's a it's, so this leaks every time there's a contract negotiation that's like hey this player's asking for a ridiculous amount of money trying to drum up like i think sort of controversy about it yeah which would help the team in negotiations like it's very clearly a uh a plant <laughs> like I don't really buy it when, <laughs> right, when you right, see right. these reports especially from like guys like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter who are mm-hmm. very much fed these stories by teams and by agents and that's mm-hmm. their job and that's what they do but you got to think okay who asked him to say that because they're not saying stuff without permission right like yeah, somebody wanted right. that out there right uh so who wanted it, that out there mm, hmm. good point um but also, it's actually doesn't seem that outlandish because, again, the exclusive franchise tag for quarterbacks is 45 mil. And the right. second you throw quarterback or you throw franchise tag around in a negotiation, those amounts now become part of the negotiation. Mm-hmm. We've seen that with a lot of extensions that kind of say, OK, well, we'll just pay you what the franchise tag and what the what the second franchise tag would be, which goes up 120 mm-hmm. percent, which means so, you know, if you had a franchise tag that was worth one hundred dollars. And then you had to franchise tag somebody again, it would be worth $120. It has to go up. And it goes up even more the third time, like exponentially. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, but you would actually use those amounts as like year one and year two of the deal. And then the rest of the extension is part of it and say, well, you know, if if you're not going to, if you're going to franchise tag me, then franchise tag me twice and we can work out an extension. But I'm not going to sign this extension early and miss out on that franchise tag money. Yeah. And it's suddenly, you, you kind of don't have a way around that. And the player can just sort of, hold you over a barrel with that stuff. And and yep. so it's it's not that crazy. Maybe Daniel Jones is doing it because the Giants let franchise tag become part of the negotiation. And now that's a weapon that he has. Yeah. 
it's a lot more complicated than I think when we when it comes to extensions and contracts, we often go, well, the player should just take what he's worth, right? What do we think Daniel Jones is worth? 39, 40 million, whatever you think he lands on the spectrum of quarterbacks, what's he worth? But but it's never that. It's nope. never about like in the NFL, the best guy is not the guy making the most money and the worst guy is not the guy making the least money. It doesn't work. It's it's economics and negotiation and, you know, it, take an econ class <laughs> and, yeah. and you'll be able to predict contracts a lot better than if you go, well, I don't know. I think he's worth 35 because I don't think he's that good or blah, blah, blah. No, it's it's about the market and the yep. negotiation and the leverage. And that's going to ha- help you navigate this stuff a lot more and make a lot of things make way more sense. Yeah. It's about the timing of when you become available, like especially as a quarterback, right? Especially as a quarterback. So last season we saw Deshaun Watson get this astronomical contract with so much of it guaranteed, you know, a large portion of it guaranteed, all of it, it, yeah, hundred percent of it guaranteed. So like you mentioned, you've got quarterbacks that are making $50 million per year, not just in cap hit, but also actual cash. Right. And so you look at that and then you go, okay, well then that changes the market doesn't mean that Daniel Jones is going to go and ask for $50 million, but if he's coming right. in and asking for less than $50 million, then he's under the NFL's market in that case or under the NFL's uh, market ceiling. And so as long as you're kind of operating within, you know, spitting distance of that, then you're well within your right to have that be the asking price, whether that be from, you know, the representative, whether it be whatever. It's really about timing more than it is about the actual player's skill or anything like that. And Daniel Jones was just good enough to not have the argument against him that says you don't get to ask for money based on the time that you have a contract available, that you're up to your contract negotiations. He would have had to have had a bad season for that to be the case. He did not. He led a playoff team, and he and the team that he led to the playoffs is the team that is now working to try to get this all fixed. Do you think that the Giants are in a worse spot? And this is hard to project, right? But are they in a worse spot having not picked up the fifth-year option? Kind of easy to say in retrospect, yes or no, but in any case, like, would you rather be dealing with this issue right now? Or would you rather be dealing with this issue next year? Cause I would make the argument. I'd rather deal with this issue right now. I fall way on the other side. Yeah. And I don't think they should be negotiating at all with him. Oh, I think they should let him walk. Let him go. I don't believe in it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I never have. And I think if you weren't into him as your QB of the future, I don't think what he did this year was astounding enough to change your mind. I think a lot of it, honestly, and this is this is the Vikings fan perspective, which is uh-huh. hilarious because we're all pretty bitter. Uh, <laughs> is y'all, you just beat up Ed Donatel's defense, and he got fired. That was the second worst defense in the league by like most metrics. Right, right. You cannot overreact to that game, man. Daniel Jones is not that good. We just were that bad. That's a good and point. Like that's the Vikings fan perspective is, oh my God, Ed Donatel screwed the Giants by tricking them into extending Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spend 55 million bucks on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Wish we put up more of a fight in the wild card round. Jeez. This guy played 16 games and threw 15 touchdowns in 2022. So I'm like, so like even if, from like a raw numbers win that perspective. Game, if the Vikings the conversation is entirely game, different, let, let's say they go down the field end of that game. It's fourth and eight. Instead of throwing a three yard check down, they, they convert it. They score. They go for two and they win. Right. Yeah. Not, not even in overtime. The Giants are one and done and they go home. Are we having this conversation? Are we really no. doing this? 100 percent. I don't think we are. 100%. And they go into Philadelphia and they get absolutely clobbered. Mm-hmm. I don't see a world where a Daniel Jones led Giants team is a Super Bowl contender. I just don't think he's he's that consistent. Yeah. I don't think he can string together four games 
like the one he had against Minnesota in the playoffs, especially not if you have to go on the road and stuff. So I don't believe in him. And so I think, I don't know if you're going to marry this dude to your franchise for the next four or five years. I don't know. So maybe a franchise tag is okay. Maybe the non-exclusive franchise tag is a better idea because I don't know who's trading two first round picks for Daniel Jones. Right. Uh, And if they are, then you feel okay about that. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't, I don't think they should do this at all. I I think Daniel Jones is better served on, on the open market. Yeah. I, I, I think like one last thing to just add to this. I think one of the things that we we discuss all the time when it comes to second contracts or when it comes usually when it comes to second contracts, particularly with defensive players is do you pay for one season of production? Can we say that Daniel Jones has had one season of production? I know he threw, I know he threw 24 touchdowns in his first year. I know he threw for over 3,200 yards in 2022. But has he really had just one good season of production? So we usually argue against spending on that year thinking, oh, it might just be that one year, right? It could be a uh, a flash in the pan. We don't even so much as have a whisper in the pan right now when it comes to Daniel Jones. And so I, I think I, I like your line of thinking that there's an opportunity here for the New York Giants to actually potentially look at going a different direction. And maybe they get into the conversation of one of these other quarterbacks that could potentially be hitting the market instead. And and I wonder if if you can get away with maybe a, a lesser deal somewhere in the thirty nine ish million. I, I was thinking yeah. about like where the Seahawks are at with Geno Smith, where he's yeah. not going to get you know a giant market rate deal, but they're going to get reasonable quarterback play, maybe similar quarterback play out of Geno Smith um, or similar caliber. I guess maybe mm-hmm. that's a hot take. I don't know, but I, I think it's close. Yeah. Um, and they'll be at somewhat of an advantage because they're not going to be paying you know fifty mil. Right. Uh, like like the Browns are right. Um, so maybe if you can get Daniel Jones in that world, then you have mm-hmm. a bit of an advantage and you can go spend and, and you know, give him a great offensive line or something like that. You yeah. give him not ask him to be Superman. Uh, but if you're going to pay him market rate, he has to be Superman and mm-hmm. he ain't Superman. Yeah, no. Um, but we have some Superman's. Uh, there is another Superman on the Giants who mm-hmm. actually is potentially uh, a superhero who drank some chemical X uh, and he's up for a franchise tag. So we'll get into some of the other people. It's not all quarterbacks out here, right? Uh, yep. and we'll, we'll get into some of the other people that maybe uh, we should think about the franchise tag. Of course, the window is open, so it's time to talk about it. But first, let me talk to you about America's number one sports book. It is FanDuel. And I know there's no football on right now, but we're right in the middle of the NBA season. We're at the all-star break. That means things are about to heat up. That means, you know, playoff futures and stuff are really fun. You can go to FanDuel.com. And if you're new, sign up and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from money line to player props to same game parlays if you want to mash it all up together. And I know y'all love to do that. And it's very fun. So please keep sending us your parlays. Uh, don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, everybody, we are wrapping up this episode of Locked on NFL Draft. We got through the two big quarterback names that could be getting the franchise tag or potentially even be on the move here in 2023's offseason. But there are some non-quarterbacks as well. Uh, Luke, let's let's go directly to to where you were uh, kind of acknowledging before the uh, before uh, we talked about FanDuel there. Uh, the Giants have another guy they could use a franchise tag on and a considerably cheaper franchise tag. And Nautics is a franchise tag of about $10.1 million, just under uh, that amount. And that's running back Saquon Barkley. So what's a better investment? $10.1 million in your star running back or $32.4 million non-exclusive uh, on your uh, middling quarterback? You know, I, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Right. Um, they want I both think back. that they want both of them. I think that for, sure. for Saquon is a no brainer. That's less right? than 5% of the cat. Like that's yeah. not paying a running back too much. I know we, we get crazy about paying running backs oh, yeah. more than 10 cents, right? <laughs> but we have to think in terms of percentage of cap for this. And because the cap has gone up so much, the way our brains work, the, the lower levels of that growing as exponentially as they have gets really, really strange. So the idea of paying eight figures to a running back, is still really weird to us, mm -hmm. but it is 4.8% of the cap. That's not too bad. Mm. Um, and for someone like Saquon Barkley, who the Giants have truly run their offense through when he's been healthy, um, I think that makes sense. The, the only thing that talks you out of it is health, right? Can he yep. stay healthy? And if you go too much of an injury risk, I don't want it. I'm pretty sympathetic to that. I probably wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. Uh, but if I were in charge of the New York Giants, um, I probably do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would too. And there were reports during the season. Um, I think it was in like November's, uh, you know, the guys over at NFL Network, Mike Garofalo, uh, Ian Rappaport, that they tried, the, the Giants tried to get a deal done with Saquon Barkley during the, uh, during the season, but they weren't close. And so this does feel like a no brainer. You want him back. You were willing to, you know, go to him and try to get a deal worked out. He had, uh, a, a, you know, a great 2000 and, uh, 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 22 season in terms of his uh, rushing production. He played in 16 games, 1,300 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, right. added over 300 uh, receiving yards, had a Pro Bowl. I mean, like he showed you like, hey, I can I can give you a good season here. So if if that's sort of the even if that's the ceiling, like $11 million, like less than $11 million is is not enough to push me away from saying, yeah, I'm keeping Saquon Barkley uh, in the Big Apple. So uh, I completely agree with you there. Uh, on the other side, and we can, I mean, we can reprise effectively the same conversation. This one feels like an absolute no brainer to me. Josh Jacobs, another running back uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. They, they have no quarterback. Hey, I'm like so nihilistic here. about what the Raiders do. Like, I know it's just like so no matter doomed, what they do, it feels like it's going to be the wrong maybe, choice. Maybe Aaron Rodgers shows up and is good, and then they've got Rodgers to Adams again, and they can do yeah. something there, right? That Correct. needs to be their priority. And I, I am not intimately familiar with their cap situation offhand. I could go look it up, but uh, as long as you can still go get your Rodgers, or if it's like Jimmy Garoppolo, or you, you need a quarterback there, and that needs to be priority number one. Mm -hmm. So don't do this if it jeopardizes that. Uh, or if it puts you at any risk of that. But I mean, he's uh, similarly to Barkley. I think he's worth that money. Um, but I could be sympathetic if if the Raiders didn't do it just because they've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, it looks like just from like a quick glance here, looking over at over the cap, the Raiders have like the third most 
salary cap space oh, they're available fine. over okay, 48 yeah, million dollars easy we're done here like 40 they cool. only got 47 on the roster but only 51 are going to count you know for the begin you know through the early portion of the offseason so this would be an easy one for me i'm i'm, I'm tagging uh josh jacobs maybe you get a deal worked out as well right like there's yeah, get still a deal. screw it yeah there's still a situation here to where you tag and then still get a get a long-term deal done and then you get your quarterback right. great you're good like that, that might be Adams how the, in the Daniel building. jones thing works yeah um, yeah where you you give him the tag but then you extend him and as part of that extension you convert some of that tag to signing bonus and you mm-hmm. get the cap hit back to something reasonable and, it, and you know it won't the real money won't kick in till later and all that you can kind of uh, work it out that way. Yeah. Giants in a, in a similar salary cap situation, according to over the cap, the Raiders third with 48 million, 48 point, let's call it 48.4 million. The Giants, uh, fourth with 47 million. So like yeah. they have and, and the, the thing is the Giants have a lot of needs. Yeah. That yeah, roster. I mean, it's Brian different. Dable won coach of the year, basically on the premise that that roster is bad. <laughs> like it was so bad that making the playoffs won your coach an award. Yeah. The, the receivers are, I mean, I don't have to tell Giants fans, the receivers played admirably, but those guys are backups. Yeah. Um, you know, there's holes all over the defense. They they needed to fix that roster a lot. So you can't sink all that into, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and run it back. I think that would be unwise. Um, but when it comes to the Raiders, yeah, I think they just need to try to keep as much talent in that building as possible. The Mayock drafts sort of made that a talent poor team. Mm-hmm. Uh they they need talent. They need a good quarterback. Like they need to start a rebuild here. And maybe Josh Jacobs can be part of that rebuild. Maybe he's a part of it for sure. All right. And to to wrap us up here, it's the the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They tagged Orlando Brown last year. Could they tag him again? That puts him at around twenty million per year. And then you get your star left tackle for your star quarterback. All that. This one's. This one I could kind of go either way on, but I don't know. I mean, you're keeping a, a, a premier position uh, on your team, but do you want to invest that second salary cap, which, as Luke mentioned, 120 percent of the salary of of the uh, of the franchise tag of the previous so you year? Want to risk that? Of what you yeah, made the, the last year? year. Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> that's really hard. It's a tough I, one, right? I feel like you could go that 20 mil could go further if you let him walk. You could still get like what are the tackles supposed to make? Um, because I feel like you could go get a different free agent tackle, or you could mm-hmm. just work out a regular deal with him. But I guess it's it, we're kind of running out of time for that. Yeah. Um. But you could get like, for example, Mike McGlinchey. He's going to be a free agent if the Forty ers don't uh keep him in the building. Fifteen point five mil, and I feel like I would actually kind of rather have Mike McGlinchey than Orlando Brown. So I would probably let Orlando Brown walk. There's also the compensatory formula. If he's going to go out and get a big old deal, you get a a draft pick back in 24. Uh, I probably let him walk or try to work out a real boy extension with him. I don't think the franchise tag is the best option there. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you're talking about that second franchise tag being there. It's $19.9 million, $20 million at that point the difference between that and an elite tackle that you can get on the market might be less than five million dollars in terms of apy right just in terms of average per year and so with that the difference in cash is so trivial that going out there and finding somebody to potentially replace them 
isn't going to cost you a lot. The only the only no, risk and, and is that you go out there and you the don't position, get one though. of the guys. Yeah, and then you get it's, a better. It's not player. about saving five mil. It's it's about potentially improving because Orlando Brown's year was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um. And I don't will he sustain it or was this a fluke? All that yeah. stuff. But Mike McGlinchey's been a, a solid tackle for a while. I know he plays on the other side. Um. So you'd have to figure that out. But mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a, a big enough problem to deter me here. Or you can. Um, or yeah, I guess a couple of these guys are right tackles. Huh? Yeah. Jawan Taylor too is a is a free yeah. agent, really interesting. But, if you need but right I do tackle. feel like I do feel like the idea of like the talent gap where you can fill in and get better than Orlando Brown, as compared to the asking price gap, that it's worth it. It's worth that investment. It's worth that risk. You might even be able to improve that position through the draft at the bottom of the first sure. round. Yeah, you know what I mean, absolutely. So it's, it's a low risk move to not go that route, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, the thing about this again is a, a lot of times this is a buying time move right. or it's a tag in a trade kind of move. So the yep. tag doesn't necessarily mean, okay, he's on the team for the next year. It, it can just be kind of an, an accounting move to get past a deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just depends on how long you're willing to hold on to that or, or like carry that cap hit. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. willing to carry that cap hit through the negotiation, great. If you're not, then obviously that that ends up factoring it, I'm sure. Right. And then one last thing that I uh, that I want to mention when it comes yeah. to contract and player negotiations, because we get very anti-player this time. Oh, this it, is a, it, I know where you're going. Me. This is a great point. Uh, when, when you see a report that says somebody is asking for too much money, you shouldn't get mad because, A, it ain't your money. All right? right. That's some gajillionaire's money. You don't need to care about it. Right. Uh, but B, players and any worker is in, are entitled to negotiate for as much as they can possibly negotiate for. You can walk into a room and you can ask for $100 million and then they can counter and then the, the, your employer can counter offer and say, well, actually pay you this reasonable amount and you can say yes or you can ask for more. That's the way it's supposed to work. You right. should be negotiating against each other. Yep. People shouldn't be saying, well, I'm not that good, so I'll actually take a little bit less money. <laughs> Nobody should say that. Nobody right. should ever want to say that. Even if you think, oh, man, they're overpaid. Don't be mad at the player for being overpaid. Be mad at the team for losing in the negotiation. Right. Um, but this should be an open and free process. That's the way it should always go, yep. especially with players who put their bodies on the line, who create so much value in terms of like the revenue the NFL makes and the portion of that that is that NFL players are responsible for, which is, you could argue, all of it. Um, never be mad at a player for trying to get what's theirs. Nope. Nope. And and keep in mind too that it's very rarely the player. Certainly there are times Lamar Jackson represents himself, agent, all yeah. that. It's their representation. It's those folks that are also trying to get a check. They're also trying to get a check. Yep. So the more money they get and for they their client, for the more money they walk away with. So don't be mad at the player for asking what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Don't hate I'm the player. I'm with you 100. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll get news about this that uh, Tony and James can get you uh, all filled in on tomorrow. So make sure you come check out the Locked On NFL podcast, free and available on all platforms every day with our lovely rotating cast of Locked On hosts. We will see you all next time on the Locked On NFL podcast.